Hey, good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in with us this morning. Um, Lord willing, this is our last Sunday only recording. Um, hopefully, next Sunday, we've already announced it, but unless something crazy happens, we will be in person for live worship, and I cannot wait. It's been two months too long, and I cannot wait to see y'all next Sunday. But uh, let's open up this service just by praying, and then we'll move into our time of worship. God, we love you. Thank you for this morning and just making it possible for just one week away for us to be gathered and worship together again. Thank you for this morning. God, I pray that this morning goes so well and that your word will just touch our hearts. God, it will just change us and make us different and make us better followers of you. We love you. Amen. When the earth gives way, for the reason why. 
Your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God
Hey, church, you're about to see a video. I know a lot of you have already seen this video, but if you have not, I cannot thank Pastor Chase Reed enough. This is one of the most exciting videos I'd ever seen. It represents a milestone for us here at Airline. And I confess, the first time I watched it, I cried. 
I was embarrassed that I did, but I was so filled with emotion. But then I found out that Rick Little cried and that Kenny Forrester cried and Kirk Adams, some of our other deacons cried as well. It's an emotional thing because we've been through this for so long now. But check out this video. Reflect on how faithful our God has been. And for me as your pastor, I reflected on how faithful our people have been. Watch this and be blessed. Dozens of tri-state churches are canceling services over coronavirus fears, including one... For the first time in America's history, the country's Christians will not be able to celebrate it with one another, even if they want to. Places of worship across the area are also canceling services amid this outbreak on this Sunday. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
Hey, one of the reasons that video was so emotional for me, as I said earlier, I reflected on how faithful our people of Airline Baptist Church have been. Ministry did not stop. Ministry just moved out of this building and off the hill. One of the ways you've demonstrated your faithfulness is through your faithfulness to honor the Lord with his ties and our love gifts. We recognize these are difficult times. Many people are unemployed. People have extra expenses. And we've held the line here. I commend our staff. We've held our line on spending. Some of you may already know we're really still operating under last year's budget. We never implemented this year's budget. This year's budget was really a giant leap of faith. No way we could have known that this pandemic was going to happen. But all of our bills are paid. Not only that, we've been able to upgrade some of our video equipment. So thank you, airline. You understand what the Bible says says the bible says the tithe is the lord's and the tithe is holy unto the lord and bring all the tithes into the storehouse says the lord that's what the scripture says well we haven't been able to bring it into the storehouse but we've been faithful to mail that in some of you have sent that by mail some of you've been faithful to give online through the link at airlinebaptist.org and a number of you've been texting you've used our text to give option you text the words airline baptist all together with no spaces to 77977 because of that Ministries continued here. We've supported missionaries and ministries around the world. So Jesus is honored, and I pray you'll be blessed by our faithfulness to keep on giving and honoring the Lord Jesus. Letting go of every single dream, I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering. Never changes what you see. I've tried to win this war, I confess. And my hands are weary, I need your rest. Mighty warrior, king of the fight. No matter what I face, you're by my side. When you
Thanks so much, worship team. We got to trust in him 24-7, 365, not just during times of pandemic, but we always trust in him. I wonder how many of you watching today, you've ever done stupid stuff in your life, stuff you wish you could go back and redo, maybe something that's not like a good idea at the time, but it didn't quite work out that way. I remember as a, as a little kid going out with my sister and my friend Jeff Bodry, who lived down the road from us, and we started a little fire out in the woods. The problem was we started a fire in a pine box in a pine forest. So once that box burned, we started a massive forest fire. Wish I could go back and redo that. I remember one time me and two of my friends, I won't name to protect the guilty, but they know who they are. We were teenagers and new Christians actually, but already started to kind of backslide a little bit and we just skipped youth choir one day we did I can't sing we just didn't want to be there and our youth pastor called us skipping youth choir and he looked at us and said you three guys are going to wind up skipping church all the time smoking pot drinking liquor and cussing like slaters we laughed at him and called him the great prophet and made fun of him but you know what in reality between the three of us everything he said sadly came true in a certain amount of time little decisions can lead to big things we wish we could go back and redo those sadly some people are living in the chains of the past we keep looking backwards and we let what happened in our past hold us down today take your copy of God's Word if you will and turn to Philippians chapter number 3 Philippians chapter 3 the Apostle Paul has been challenging us throughout this book to choose joy no less than 16 times in these four little chapters he tells us to choose joy choose joy or to rejoice and in this little section we'll look at today the Apostle Paul admonishes us in choosing joy how do you finish strong it's not always the way you start that counts but how you finish he's challenging us in these verses today to finish strong you know the Apostle Paul was not writing this from a cruise ship or a resort somewhere you will remember he was writing from a Roman jail sale in about AD 61 and if anybody had regrets in his past Paul did you remember before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and his life was totally transformed he had persecuted and killed and jailed Christians he had a lot of regrets in his past so he knew what he was talking about when he wrote these words Philippians chapter 3 will begin today in verse number 12 Paul says to the church at Philippi I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Hold on to that phrase there. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. I am quite sure, like me, the Apostle Paul wished he could go back and undo some of the things that he did. And You know, the reality is if we spend all of our time thinking, if we spend all of our time today thinking about our yesterdays, it's going to affect our tomorrows. It's time to break three from the chains of the past. We don't progress, we don't move forward when we're constantly looking in the rearview mirror. You're going to lead to a train wreck or a car wreck when you do that. How do you finish strong? You should have been emailed your outline if you're a part of the Airline Baptist Church family, or if not, it'll be on the screen for you today. Write this down, number one. God wants us to realize that we have not arrived yet. 
God wants us to realize we have not arrived yet. Paul said that in verse 12. I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things, but I've already reached, or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. You might think that one day you'll arrive spiritually. Or some of you live like you already have arrived spiritually. Some folks I know that look like they can strut sitting down. They're so proud. But listen, we'll never arrive until we get to heaven. In fact, the more I learn about the Word of God, the more I study the Word of God, the more I realize how much I need to grow more and how much I need to read the Word more. And remember, if you were with us last week, if not, all those messages are online. You can get caught up and watch our past messages in Philippians. But last week, Paul kind of went through some of the good things about his past, his family heritage, his learning at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the greatest rabbis of the day. But he says, that's not enough. And when Paul talked about he hadn't reached perfection, yet something to realize contextually and culturally he was co-opting the lingo of the day of some of the false teachers at that time there were false teachers when he wrote this that were teaching you can actually on this earth as a Christian reach something called sinless perfection well have you ever tried just to not sin for 24 hours have you ever tried to just not sin for a day? It's, I don't know that it's even possible because we're humans and we struggle with our flesh. In fact, on a mission trip to Brazil, I met a, a lady there. She was kind of a lady preacher who still believed today what the false prophets taught them, that you can reach sinless perfection. He was using those words to throw back at them and tell them that's not possible. So no matter how much you've grown, you're never, ever going to arrive. The more you grow, the more you realize you need to grow. Number two, write this down. God wants us to put the past in the past he wants us to put the past in the past look at verse 13 paul said i focus on this one thing forgetting the past forgetting the past if you read much of paul's writings you see he was probably an athlete or at least he liked to to watch athletics particularly races he was into running and racing and Something, quite honestly, I've never understood. My son was a, a baseball player in high school and college, and he said, Dad, running is, was punishment in my sport. Why would you choose to do that as your sport? Paul liked to watch running, especially probably Olympic Games, because he referenced those several different times in his writing. So I like to think that Paul is on his last lap. He's writing from that prison cell saying, Hey, you got to choose joy. you got to choose joy. you got to finish strong. And the adrenaline's pumping, and he's running harder, and his arms are pumping, and he's picturing in his mind crossing that finish line and collapsing into the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the kind of that's the kind of sense that we ought to have. We're running our race until we get to see Jesus because we're never going to arrive on this earth. In 1954, in the British Empire Games, John Bannister and John Landy faced off in what was known as the Miracle Mile. At that time, these were the only dudes who could run the mile in under four minutes. It was a widely publicized race of those Empire Games, and they were on the last lap as they looked like they were just flying around that track. The crowd jumped up in the crowd, roared from their seats to cheer these two guys on. They were so close, and then John Landy just glanced over his left shoulder for just what seemed like a split second that's all it took for the other guy to overtake him the apostle paul understood and he's teaching us today under the inspiration of the holy spirit that we can't focus on the past if you look back you'll lose your stride you'll lose your momentum that can be a positive or a negative for those of you who look back on all the good things you've done in your past listen 
Thank God for the victories of the past. Thank God for people we've led to Jesus. Thank God for victories in our church. But we don't live on yesterday's blessing. We want new blessings today. We want to honor the Lord more and more today. He's not suggesting an amnesia of the past. We're thankful for our past. We're thankful for what God's done on this hill since, what is it, 1871, I think, when our church was founded. We don't forget our past in the sense that we don't have respect for it, but we can't live in the past. We've got to press on today and do greater things for the Lord. The past ought not to be a hitching post that we hitch to, but the past ought to be a, a, a guidepost to guide us as we go into the future. You've heard it said probably a zillion times that those who can't learn from the mistakes of the past are destined to repeat them in the future. I, I love the music of Bill and Gloria Gaither. The words that that couple writes just seems to touch my soul. I love the song they wrote that says, We have this moment to hold in our hands and to touch as it slips through our fingers like sand. Yesterday's gone and tomorrow may never come, but we have this moment today. What are we going to do for the Lord Jesus today? We don't just live on yesterday's blessings. We don't live on yesterday's mistakes and let those hold us back and think that we can never do anything for the Lord. Don't get lulled in your stride. Lift up your eyes and look to the finish line. Jesus is the finish line. Hebrews chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, that therefore refers back to chapter 11, the hall of faith, some of the great heroes of the faith. He says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. That definite article says it only takes one to mess you up. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. The Christian life is an endurance. It's not a sprint. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. We got to forget those things that are past if we want to choose joy and finish strong. Write this down, number three. God wants us to work hard in the present. God wants us to work hard in the present. Look at Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14. He said, I press on. There in verse 15, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we've already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. With the goal of the finish line ahead of us, Paul says, press on, keep working hard today. If you watched our Wednesday night Bible study with Pastor Andrew this week, he was in 1 Timothy chapter 4, which I didn't know that's where he was going to be. Ironically, that happened to be my quiet time for that very morning where Paul talks about spiritual discipline, writing to young Timothy. He says, we got to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. Look at verse 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. For bodily discipline is only of little profit. It is of profit. Don't say it's of no profit. But compared to spiritual blessings, it's only of little profit. But godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It is for this that we labor and strive. That sounds like work. We labor and strive. Yes, spiritual discipline takes work and commitment because we have fixed our hope on the living God. Remember Hebrews 12, fixing our eyes on Jesus? We fixed our hope on the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of believers. Those spiritual disciplines, that spiritual sweat of a daily quiet time, reading the Word of God every day. 
For me as a pastor, I'm not reading the Word of God every day to prepare a sermon. That is separate. I read devotionally to get a word from the Lord. I read until God gives me a truth, and I write that back in my journal. I like to journal. It helps me. I write that back as a prayer to the Lord to personalize what he just taught me. So Bible study, prayer, having a prayer list, things that you pray about every day, witnessing, sharing the gospel with other people. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says this, For we're God's masterpiece. I love that. You may have somebody tell you you're a loser, you're an accident, you're junk. No, we're God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. There is a doing to the Christian faith. Not to earn our salvation, but because God did save me in appreciation to glorify his name for what he did in saving me. I want to serve him. It's a privilege to serve him. And we want other people to know what we know by having a relationship with Jesus. Eric Little was known as the Flying Scotsman. If you've seen that movie, Chariots of Fire, it was based on his life. He was, a, he was also a runner as well, but the main thing about him was not the fact that he was a runner. He was a committed follower of Jesus Christ. In the 1924 Paris Olympics, he did something that stunned the whole world. He refused to run his best events on Sunday, the Lord's Day. Can you imagine that? A world-renowned athlete at the Olympics said, I'm not going to run my best events because Sunday is the Lord's Day and a day of rest. I wonder what he'd say to people who take advantage of every opportunity to miss church. For If you told him we have travel ball and travel soccer, he would look at you if you said you're a believer like you had three heads. Now listen, that is going to be one of the big struggles we're going to face. After we've worshipped from home, it was the best we could do. But listen, worshipping from home is not the same thing as assembling together with the family of God and encouraging one another. This believer said, I'm not going to run on the Lord's day. And the headlines read, he refused to run his best events on the Lord's day. The headline said, God. God before country. People all over the world read that. God before country. Eric Little said, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. He ran for the glory of God, later on becoming a missionary to China. We ought to run the race with endurance for the glory of God. What are you doing right now to grow spiritually? What are you doing right now to mature in your faith and to know Jesus more and more? Number four, write this down. God warns us to beware of the enemies of Christ. God warns us to beware of the enemies of Christ. Look at verse 18. Paul said, for I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes. It broke his heart. There are many whose conduct shows they're really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life on earth. They're sent by Satan to throw us off track spiritually. They're enemies of the cross of Christ. Those people with a pagan philosophy. Those, James 4, 4 says this, If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God. It's known as spiritual adultery. Idolatry and spiritual adultery is anything that I put before my relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I make that more important. At that point, I've committed spiritual idolatry and spiritual adultery. John said in 1 John chapter 2, he put it this way in verse 15. 
Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world's fading away along with everything that people crave. But anybody who does what pleases God will live forever. We're not living to please God to earn our salvation. We're living to give him glory because he saved our souls. What are some characteristics of these people, these false prophets, these phony believers? Well, letter A, write this down. They crave physical pleasure. They crave physical pleasure. He says their God is their appetite. They worship food whether that's overeating or that's not eating, not taking yourselves, anorexia, bulimia, all those things. He says they crave physical pleasure, the sensual things of the world. They brag about shameful things, the text says, the, the heathen entertainment of the world. Well, I know people always get uneasy when I talk about music, but it matters what you put into your brain. I don't know about you, but I need to listen that to music that primarily encourages me in my walk with the Lord. I don't listen to music that glorifies the very sins that put my Savior on the cross. I'm not going to live the successful Christian life when I fill my mind with that garbage. People say, well, it's just movies or it's just music. It's just the internet. No garbage in is going to yield garbage out. He said that's a characteristic of people that are phony. Materialism, the desire for clothes and cars and houses and things. Their God is their appetite in their belly. Letter B, he says they're prideful. Write that down, they're prideful. Verse 19 says they brag about shameful things. They think only about this life here on earth. I think about people that go on these TV talk shows and they brag about stuff that they ought to be ashamed of. And the audience just claps and applauds for them. I don't know how you can fill your mind with that kind of garbage every day and it not affect the way that you live your life. They're prideful. They're prideful in their possessions. They're prideful in the things that they have. And listen, there's nothing wrong with God's blessing. You work hard and you earn a good paycheck or maybe your daddy and granddaddy worked hard and they were able to bless you with an inheritance. That's not sinful when we honor the Lord first with the tithes and, and the offerings, but we don't brag about that. Because I don't have anything to brag about except the cross of Jesus Christ. If you take Jesus out of me, I'm not worth the bullet it would take to kill me. Well, not to boast about things, okay? Every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. And remember this, bad company corrupts good character. Keep that in mind. Letter C, some of them just need to repent and be saved. Some of them just need to repent and be saved. Look again at verse 18. There are many whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. You thought they were followers of Jesus, but their actions tell you they're not. Just this week, it broke my heart to see another Christian celebrity, if you will, the lead singer of the band, Hawk Nelson. I met that dude years ago on a cruise, and my son was a, a young teenager, and I was able to get a picture and an autograph for my son from Hawk Nelson. I think he grew up in a pastor's home. That lead singer, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now, this week came out and renounced his faith in Jesus Christ. What's going on with that? Was he a false prophet? Was he a phony all along? 
For years, when I was a student pastor, I taught young men from a, a book by a guy named Joshua Harris. It was a book about purity and honoring your purity and saving that for your, the bride that God has for you one day. And years ago, that guy came out because of the sin in his life and the alternate lifestyle he wanted to choose. He renounced his faith as well. These people are false and they're phony. And if we get our eyes on celebrities and on people, it can ruin our stride in running for the Lord. I think about what the scripture talks about, the wheat and the tares. They look just alike when they grow up in the field, the wheat and the tares. Those tares, those darnels, have black seeds on the inside that if you ingest them, it'll cause nausea and dizziness. But wheat, unless you have a disease like I do, celiac disease, wheat is good for most people for your nourishment. But they look just alike when they're growing up. You can't tell them apart. They appear identical. But one of the differences is when that wheat is mature, it starts to lean over and it bows. The wheat leans down and bows almost as if saying, hey, if you want to live this thing for Jesus, we bow in submission to him. But that tear, that Darnell plant stands up straight. It's one of the ways you can tell them apart. You can't pull them up until they're mature because if you do, they look so much alike, their roots are intertwined. And you'll pull up both of them. Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 24. Jesus presented Another parable to him saying, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. That's the wheat. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went away. But when the wheat sprouted and bore grain, then the tares became evident also. The slaves of the landowner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, an enemy's done this. The slave said to him, do you want us then to go and gather them up? But he said, no, for while you're gathering up the tares, you may uproot the wheat with them. Allow both to grow until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I'll say to the reapers, first, gather up the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. They grew up in the same field. They had a lot of things in common. Maybe it's two guys who grew up in the same church together in the same student ministry together. Maybe it's they're now adults and they've grown up doing the church thing, but the evidence, the fruit of one of their life, it looks like they're denying the Lord Jesus. Could they have been a tear all along? Because Scripture is very clear. Romans 8 says nothing can separate us from the love of God. You're not going to lose your salvation once you're a born-again Christian. But it could be that some people were fake and phony from the very start. Are you a wheat? Are you a tear? Are you sure of your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Number five, write this down. God wants us to run with the end in sight. He wants us to run with the end in sight. We've kind of already said this. The end of verse 13 says, looking forward to what lies ahead. The end of verse 14 says, why? To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Then verse 20, but we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we're eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He'll take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Jesus Christ is coming soon. I believe it could be in my lifetime. Now, the Bible says nobody knows when that is. Not even the Son knows. Only the Father knows. But Scripture is very clear. One day, He's going to rapture His church. That word literally means to snatch away those who are born again, to snatch us away and take us to heaven to be with Him. And the tares, the false ones, the phony ones, are the ones who never professed Him. They'll be left behind for seven years of a literal hell on earth known as the Great Tribulation period. 
So ladies and gentlemen, as we run the race, we got to choose joy. As we run the race, we got to keep on running and never give up because we understand one day we're going to stand before holy God in judgment. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 30 that we just read says, In the time of the harvest, God says, I'll say to the reapers, first gather up the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them. Those who do not have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ on the authority of the word of God will spend all of eternity alone, not partying with your friends, alone in hell forever and forever. But praise God, he says, gather the wheat into my barn. That's gather the wheat to take to heaven with me. Now, I know God is love, and God, God is every, everything about love comes from God. You can't truly love somebody without the love of the Father in you. But God is also a God of justice. God's holiness demands that he judge sin. God's holiness demands that you can't live however you want to live, ignoring the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave his life for mine on an old rugged cross. That day is coming. And you might not even be aware of it, but the flames of hell and judgment are licking at your heels as you're out living your life as if there's not coming a judgment. Hebrews says there's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Every single one of us will stand before God, either to be judged on our works, for the child of God will be judged on our works, to earn rewards that we lay at the feet of Jesus, or if you don't know Jesus at the judgment, you're going to hear, depart from me, for I never knew you i said already i believe we're living in the fourth quarter i believe the whistle's blown god's given us the two-minute warning even the new york times recently in a story said could we be living in the end times when a heathen secular paper like the new york times can take note of that believers we better wake up if you're not a child of god you better wake up the bow of god's judgment is pulled back and it's taught and as soon as he releases it then it's going to be everlasting too late your lips may declare i'm a wheat but in your heart of hearts, are you really a tear? Are you convicted by your sin? Do you have peace in your heart? 1 John 5, 13 says, These things have I written that you can know that you have eternal life. Do you know that? You say, I don't wonder. I don't think I'm saved. I don't hope I'm saved. I don't wonder if I'm saved. I know that on the authority of God's word. He says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. I've done that, quite frankly, most of all of my life. I never remember a time that I didn't believe that. But I didn't get saved until I was 15. Because the next part of that verse is, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. When you believe something in your heart, it affects your behavior and it will change your life. And the scripture says, when you get saved, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Has that happened in your life? You say, well, golly, preacher, I've been in church since nine months before I was born. What's my mama going to think if I tell her I got saved? Man, maybe you've been a deacon, Sunday school teacher, soloist, choir member, whatever. You think, what, what are people going to say if I say, I just flat out need to get saved? I tell you what they'll say. The child of God will rejoice with you. Airline Baptist Church will rejoice with you. Because we've seen people walk down these aisles and profess faith in Jesus Christ that others thought they were already saved. The only person I know for sure saved is me. Please don't take that in an arrogant way. It's just because I don't have the ability to see your heart. And I believe my family's saved because they professed it, because of the evidence I see in their life. But I don't know that. Only you know for sure if you're a child of God. Does your lips say I'm a wheat, but your heart says I'm a tear? The scripture says today is the day of salvation. You better do something about that before it's everlasting too late. Look at your conclusion. Number one, as we talk about choosing joy and being faithful to the finish line, are you letting anything slow you down? Are you letting anything slow you down for the glory of God? 
Is the pandemic slowing you down? Is maybe the fact that you haven't had to go to work every day, has that slowed you down? Is the fact that you're waiting on that unemployment to finally come through? And listen, there's no shame in that. This isn't your fault. This pandemic was nobody's fault. The government ordered for people not to work. So you take that check. You take that assistance that the government has offered. We paid the taxes for you to have that. Are you letting that slow you down? Are you letting the fact that you didn't get the job you thought you ought to get, is that letting you down? Is that slowing you down? Maybe the fact that somebody you love got this COVID-19, this Chinese flu, and been in the hospital for months, or maybe some that you know have even died. Is that slowing you down? You've taken your eyes off Jesus, and you started to look at circumstances. Remember early on in this series, we said happiness depends on our happenings, but real joy depends on Jesus and having a relationship with Jesus. Number two, are you running in a way that pleases him? Are you running in a way that pleases him? Are you looking over each shoulder what other people are doing? Are you looking at your past? Are you looking at other stuff? Are you making excuses for why you cannot serve the Lord? Are you running in a way that pleases him today? Number three, write this down. Whatever you're going through, number three, will you determine to finish the race strong? To finish it strong. I've had people say, well, Mike, I, I, I don't want to burn out for Jesus I don't want to rust out for Jesus. I don't want to do either one. I don't want to rust out, and I don't want to burn out. I just want to be faithful and found faithful. Whatever that looks like, we'll let God define that. Are you determined to finish the race strong? And the most important question I can ask you this morning, are you a wheat or are you a tear? Are you genuinely born again? Has there ever been a time in your life when you confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, understanding that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, understanding that the wages of sin is death and separation from God, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 10, 13 says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I don't want to hear about how good you are. I'm not really interested today in your church membership. I want to know, do you know Jesus? Will I see you in heaven? Many of you have been watching from literally all over other parts of the world. You might not ever be able to visit airline. I may never be able to meet you in person, but I want to know that I'll see you in heaven someday because your sins have been forgiven and you've been saved and born again by the blood of the Lamb. The Scripture says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You pray with me right now. You say, Mike, dude, I, I just don't know. I'm not sure about that. You just pray from your heart to the heart of the Heavenly Father right now. God, I'm just not sure I'm a Christian. Maybe you don't have to say you're not sure because you are sure. You know you're not. Whatever the case may be, let's just, you talk to the Lord about it right now. God, I don't have peace in my heart that I'm a child of God. You communicate that to him right now. You really believe that Jesus never, ever sinned? He never sinned. He lived for 33 years and he never sinned because his daddy was the Holy Spirit of God. He was raised by an earthly man, Joseph, but the Holy Spirit of God was truly his father. He never sinned. He was uniquely qualified to make the penalty, to pay the penalty for our sins when he hung naked on a cross between two thieves on an old rugged cross over 2,000 years ago. What nails it kept him there was his love for me and you. You really believe Jesus did that for you? Say, God, I believe Jesus died in my place. The Bible says they laid him in a borrowed tomb because three days later he came rising out of that thing by his own power and he's alive today. You really believe that? Say, God, I believe Jesus really did rise again and he's alive today. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to adopt you into his family. Ask him to help you choose joy every day. 
and tell him, no matter what the rest of your life has been up until this moment, May the 31st, 2020, no matter what your life's been up until this moment, from this day forward, you desire to live for him and finish strong for his glory. Communicate that to God in prayer. Tell him you want to be saved and thank him right now. Maybe you say, Mike, listen, I know I'm a Christian. There's no doubt about that. But I, I hadn't been running very faithfully. I've taken my eyes off the Lord and put my eyes on my circumstances or my family or my job or the economy and other stuff. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. What does that mean? It just means God allows you turns. If you know you're saved and you haven't been living like it, admit that to the Father right now. Ask him to forgive you. Ask him to give you a brand new start of living faithfully for him. Father, hear our prayers, not because we're worthy, but because one we pray to is worthy. Thank you that Jesus paid it all. And all we have to do is admit that, believe in our heart, and receive that gift. God, I rejoice with the angels, believing in faith that somebody did that today. Somebody this day asked you to save their soul. I rejoice with the believer today who's gotten off track, but this day they ask you to give them a brand new start, to put the past in the past and press on for your glory. Lord, for those that are struggling, I thank you that you've told us all we need to know pertaining to life and godliness in your word. Help us to choose joy and help us to honor you. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, if you just prayed and asked the Lord Jesus to come into your life and save you, the Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice. And I'm telling you, Airline Baptist, we'd love to rejoice with you. We're asking God for 120 in 2020, 120 new members with at least half of those being new believers. If you'll just message us, you can... Put that there on your screen or send us an email or a private message. We want to rejoice with you. We want to help you grow in your walk with the Lord. Any other prayer requests that you have, you, you send those to us, and we count it an honor to pray for you. Next Sunday, Pastor Chase is going to come at this time, and he's going to share with you how we're going to keep you safe as we open our doors next Sunday. If you live in the Northeast Georgia area and you don't have a church home, or perhaps your church is not able to meet, I know some churches, due to the size of their membership, they're having to take reservations. We have a big building here. We can easily social distance. We'd love to meet you in person. You've been worshiping with us online. We'd love to meet you in person next Sunday morning. So listen now as Pastor Chase comes and shares with us what that's going to look like next week. Man, what a great message from our pastor about choosing joy. Everybody look to the person beside you and say, finish strong. That was great. I could almost hear you from right here in our lobby. In fact, I cannot wait to see you next Sunday, June the 7th, when we open the doors of the house. We're going to be welcoming you back in. It's going to be a great Sunday. It's going to be a lot of rejoicing, but we want to do it safely, and we want to do it securely, and we want to do it in a way that makes you and your family feel comfortable. So listen, if for some reason you don't feel well, or you don't feel like now is the time to join us, we're still going to be broadcasting online. We want you to be as comfortable and as safe as possible. So just stay home and join back with us here at ALBC whenever you feel safe to do so. But if you are going to join us next Sunday, we're going to start at 1030. You might want to come early to get a good parking spot. You're going to come into the lobby. We're only going to have the lobby open. There's going to be no entering and exiting from the office doors only from our main worship center lobby. So you'll come in here. One of our awesome members of our greeting team will, will safely open the door for you. You don't got to touch the handle. They're going to have the door open for you. You can enter in here. You can get a copy of the pastor's outline. will be right here on the welcome table. And then you're going to be escorted to a seat by our, again, 
awesome, awesome, awesome greeter team. So it's going to be great June 7th, this Sunday. It really is going to be a special service. We weren't idle. Listen, I had a lot of people come to me and talk about the video and how awesome it was, but it was really easy to make a video with a work with a church that was not idle during this time. So it's going to be great. I can't wait to see you. We're going to practice social distancing. We're, we're going to just, again, everything to make us feel safe, comfortable as we worship our risen Savior. We'll see you next week. I can't wait.